Welcome. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear, a new podcast about Jewish food. I'll be covering topics as diverse as the latest Jewish food trends to Jewish food history. And I'll be talking with chefs, restaurant owners, farmers, food critics, and lots of people in between. I want to keep this podcast lively, and I hope you'll help by sending me your ideas for future shows. You can write to me at this email address, beth at thebigschmear.com. Schmear is spelled S-C-H-M-E-A-R, where you'll find information about giveaways and recipes that I'll share from some of my guests. And be sure to check out my website, thebigschmear.com, where you can download episodes of this podcast. I'm excited to get started with the show, so let me introduce my guest for this episode, Chicago cook extraordinaire with Stephanie Goldfarb. It turns out Stephanie cooks her delicious food for folks to sample in her home, which is right in my neighborhood. So I think you'll see where this is going. I'll be making my reservation for her next supper club date, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let me tell you a little bit about Stephanie. Stephanie Goldfarb is the corporate chef at Produce Alliance and Chicago-based chef and national food television personality, specializing in seasonal, globally-inspired cuisine. She is recognized as the winner of Food Network's America's Best Cook competition and a celebrity chef on Kitchen Inferno and NBC's Food Fighters. And the reason she's here with me today, she's the owner of the successful Seven Species Supper Club and Catering in Chicago. Stephanie enjoys the challenge of building brand new menus each month that inspire repeat clients and newcomers, like me. And because all that doesn't keep her busy enough, in her day job, Stephanie is the Director of Youth Philanthropy and Leadership at the Jewish United Fund in Chicago, where she specializes in youth experiential education. Hi, Stephanie, and welcome to The Big Schmear. Hi, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay! I'm excited to have you. I have so many questions to ask you about all these different and amazing things you do, but I think I'll start out with my usual first question that I ask guests, because it's a podcast about Jewish food, and you've cooked tons, and you're this, you won the title of America's Best Cook. I would love to know what your definition of Jewish food is. Tell me what this phrase means to you. That's a really good question because, as we know, like Jews are a people, Jews are a religion, Jews are a family, and there's there's a lot of different answers to this question. But just off the top of my head, Jewish food is food that is cooked by Jewish people and, and celebrated in a Jewish way and not necessarily eaten by Jewish people. So <laughs> I think that's an important distinction to make. I think it is, too. <laughs> So tell me how Jewish food has played out in your life and what role it's played in getting you to the path you're on now. So I learned how to cook from the best Jewish cook that I know, which is my, my mother, Rona. Um, she is a fantastic cook, and she put a knife in my hand when I was about six years old. Whoa. And yeah, very brave <laughs> woman and uh, very patient with the, the decimation of her kitchen. <laughs> and um, anyway, I just took to it. I loved it. And I have some of my earliest memories are cooking with my mother, specifically on Jewish holidays and getting everything ready for the family. And... It's just cooking was the thing that I fell in love with at a very early age. I'm, I'm an original Food Network viewer, and I was the kind of kid who was watching Sarah Moulton and Alton Brown as a kid. Um, you know, before the competition shows, they really taught me how to cook as well. And 
Jewish food to me has always just been, um, it's been my anchor over the years. I've learned a lot of different cooking techniques and learned, learned how to cook from a lot of different cuisines around the world. But to this day, it's really, it's blintzes and latkes. <laughs> and these are the things that really anchor me when I think about my approach to food. Wow. So, and it sort of sounds like maybe it's also anchored you in your life in a certain way, but I could be assuming that. No, I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that. I mean, look, there's something really, there's something really comforting about the food that I know to be Jewish food, which is like Ashkenazi food. And, you know, it's onions and potatoes. I mean, that's the thing that for me really, that I come back to time and time again, because there are are sort of endless interpretations of it. And um, I'm comfortable with those flavors. Yeah, it's pretty hard not to be. Yeah. You can't lose with that, You can't right? lose, no. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your supper club, Seven Species, and how did, how did the idea of the supper club just come to you, and tell me about that. So the supper club began four years ago when I was on the board of directors of the Chicago Women's Health Center, which if you don't know about it, you should learn about it. It's a fantastic organization here in Chicago that provides comprehensive health care to women and trans people. Anyway, I I had to raise a lot of money for this organization, and I thought to myself, well, what do I know how to do? Like, what can I do to raise money? And I said, well, I can can cook. So it started out, I just threw a dinner party for about 10 friends, and I fed them some really good food, and I said, give me your money. It's going to the health center, and they opened their wallets, and I raised a lot of money that night. And it occurred to me that this could be a thing, and it turned out that I was right. So over the last four years, I've expanded my supper club to twice a month, always on a Saturday and Sunday night, and it's expanded into a seven-course meal, which goes along with the the seven species kind of theme, and I seat 14 people a night, and I've raised thousands and thousands of dollars for not just the Chicago Women's Health Center, but I've now expanded to support other organizations in the city as well. So it's become one of the hotter tickets in town. We sell out within about an hour or two, and the menu changes every month, and it's just my sous chef, uh, Reba Shepard, and me. And we just we just bang out some really delicious food, and typically with Jewish themes. So Reba, my sous chef, she's from Trinidad. So she and I have a lot of fun merging flavors of home together. In fact, just last month, we did a menu that we called Bluish, which is mm. black and Jewish. And <laughs> we had a lot of fun um, finding the common themes between our, our home cuisines. And when you have your dinner, do you talk at all at the dinner about the food in some ways or... Is it just pretty obvious about, you know, you sit down and you eat and it's not really necessary to talk about it? So we like to talk. And I think that our guests really like to listen. In fact, I I think they wish that we talked even more, although Reva and I tend to be sort of back of the house people. But we always introduce all of our courses and we tell a little story about the ways that we imagined these dishes. Um, These are not like cookbook recipes. These really come from straight from our hearts. People often ask us for recipes. we, We can't really give them because we don't write them down. And we always talk about our food. And not only that, we also invite representatives of the nonprofit organizations that we sponsor each month to come to the dinner, and they give a spiel, usually about six courses in after everyone's been liquored up and they've had a lot of really good food to eat. And they get a chance to talk about the work that they do. And then I'm the one who does the ask for the organization. I say, look, everyone, you've had a lot of good food. It's time to, it's time to support this really good work and dine out for a good cause. And people do. They give very generously. Wow. What a great thing that you do. And it sounds like you just have tons of fun and you get to be creative while you're 
doing this great thing. Absolutely. It's really, it's my passion. People often ask me if I would do it full time. And I always say no, because I don't, I don't want to turn my passion into my day job. I I kind of already have my, (laughs) like the thing that I do at the Federation, the Jewish United Fund is my passion as well. And I don't want to blur the boundaries too much. Yeah, it makes sense. So tell me a little bit about how you came up with the title for your supper club and what it means. Maybe not everybody gets the connections. Yeah, absolutely. So I came up with the title Seven Species because I wanted to make a really strong connection between my love of Judaism and Jewish food and the work that I was doing for these nonprofits. So I I thought about different connections Jewishly to food, and the theme that stuck out to me was the seven species, which, for those who don't know, are the seven holy foods of the Torah. Each of the seven species are native foods to Israel. So there's olives and grapes and wheat and barley and dates, grapes, I think I'm missing one, figs, pomegranates. Um, I think I got all of them. They, they each have different spiritual significances. If, you're, if you know anything about Jewish mysticism, then there's a lot there. But if not, you know, it's really just a way for me to sort of have an overt Jewish connection to the work that I do, to the food that I make, and to the charities that I support, because actually, largely, most of the organizations that I do support are non-Jewish. So as a Jew, as a Jewish philanthropist, it's nice to have this, as I said, like an overt Jewish connection to this philanthropic work that I do. So here's another question for you. Your connection to Jewish food and the food that you're serving So I'm guessing that people who come to your dinners, some might be Jewish, some might not. And do you feel like they get that connection? Do you feel like that's a pretty straightforward kind of thing? Or does it not even matter to you? It's more about just the camaraderie and... You know what I mean? Yeah, I would say that my supper club is super Jewy. And like it's really obvious to people who are like it's obvious to the Jews for sure, but even to the non-Jews like if you've been exposed to like you know, classic ideas of what a Jewish home looks like in this country. Like, you understand that you're in a Jewish home. The way that I welcome people, the atmosphere that I create. I mean, I have Jewish art all over the walls. I have a Jewish tattoo that is typically very prominently displayed. I mean, it's it's Jewy, and it's it, <laughs> it, it feels good. And I actually do get a lot of Jewish clientele through my supper club because in order to keep our costs low, we don't serve animal protein. It's a vegetarian-only supper club. I eat meat. My sous chef loves to prepare meat and is constantly harassing me to make meat in the <laughs> supper club, but we don't do it, number one, to keep the most diverse clientele possible so that everyone can eat their vegetarians, people who keep kosher, and then also, again, just to keep our costs low. The more money we save on ingredients, the more money gets um, into the hands of the nonprofits that we support. But Back to your question, yeah, like this, it feels sort of unmistakably Jewish in in the interactions that I have with my guests and in the atmosphere that I curate. Oh, that's so cool. I'm excited about coming. Yeah, you got to get in there. I I will. (laughs) I think I might be able to get you some tickets. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's why I do this show. (laughs) So I haven't looked back on your past menu so much, and I'm wondering, do you do special... Jewish holiday menus when the holidays are coming up, or is that not not necessarily a thing you do? So 
No, I don't. And there's actually a very thoughtful reason for that. I'm pretty observant and I don't cook near the Jewish holidays. I just don't. I mean, and when I say I'm observant, I mean, look, I'm cooking and prepping for sure, like Friday afternoon. Like it's, it's I'm definitely blurring the lines on Shabbat a little bit. But for me, like, for example, we don't do a supper club in April because everything with Passover and the lead up to the cleaning and everything, it's just too much. So I don't do it. So the answer is no, but I do teach cooking classes um, sort of near the holidays. And like I'll do like a hamantaschen thing or a challah making class. In fact, just last night I taught a class at the base Hillel, uh, the, the Silverstein base Hillel here in Chicago to a bunch of college students. And I taught them how to make actually a seven species salad. And I taught them how to make knish and Purim is coming up. So was, I'll do stuff sort of outside of the home when, 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 when the holidays are approaching. That's really cool. Yeah. I also know that you do some food blogging. And so tell me a little bit about that. I think you do it for a couple of different places. Yeah. So I've done blogging for a couple of different publications, specifically, well, my own on my website, sevenspecies.org. But I've also done writing for Autostraddle as well as oichicago.com. And that's been super fun. And in my role, something that we haven't talked about yet is that I also work as a corporate chef for a company called Produce Alliance, which is a produce distribution and procurement company here in, in the States. And I'm their corporate chef. So I also do some writing for them. I do menu consultation with restaurants all around the country for them. It's sort of a dream job. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Whoa. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So this came about when I was doing a cooking demonstration at the Jewish United Fund during lunchtime. And there were some folks in the audience from Produce Alliance who approached me and they said, we're looking for a corporate chef. Do you have any interest? And I said, I don't know what that means, but tell me more. And one thing led to another. And now I, I also have a Produce Alliance chef's jacket next to my seven species chef, chef jacket. And it's been a dream come true. So what I get to do with Produce Alliance is that I get to work with different restaurant chains, um, different restaurant concepts all around the country. And I help them work with menu consultation. I do private events for Produce Alliance. I work with distributors, farmers, chefs. And the goal really is to help sort of circulate the, the mission of Produce Alliance, which is to make sure that our customers can access really excellent produce. And what we do is make sure that our clients access produce consistently throughout the year, throughout the growing season. And in a way, I'm sort of one of the faces of the company. It's just so much fun. I love it. Whoa. Yeah. So you have all these different food hats that you wear. Yes. And I'm guessing each of those projects kind of feed into all the work that you do. How does that work for you? And how do you keep track of all so, that. So a little background on me. When I was an undergrad, I went to undergrad at Arizona State University. Go Sun Devils, yay. <laughs> um, so I did my, my undergrad at ASU, and I am not joking. I changed my major nine different times. Oh, my God. Nine, in my freshman year alone. Oh, no. It was a lot. My parents were not happy, but I did. And the reason for that is because I, I've always known that I wanted to do a lot, and I, it was hard for me to really put my finger on the thing that I wanted to do. So, of course, I ended up going to graduate school, which is what people do when they have no idea what the hell they want to do in their lives. And I got a master's degree in clinical social work, another master's in gender studies. And, and I was getting closer, but the food part was missing. The Jewish part was missing. I had all the other stuff. And my goal was really to find a way to smush all of my passions together into one gigantic career. And that's really what I've been working on. And I feel pretty successful in that. I feel very, very lucky and very blessed in that I kind of get to do a lot of what I want to do. And 
I've found a way to do it in multiple outlets. So yeah. I never get bored, I right? Never, uh, no, <laughs> I am. I am not. I, I'm not for a, a want of things to do or people to talk to, food to cook, Jews to hang out with. I mean, it's it's great. My worlds really complement each other, and they they uh, mesh. They're sort of intertwined in mm-hmm. this really lovely way. Wow. Yeah. Not to brag, but it's pretty awesome. I mean, like it's it's awesome. I I, I really have a good time with my career. That's that's yeah. like the best I know. thing ever. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my mother's very proud of me. <laughs> Yay. Even after those nine major changes, yeah, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> She's very very happy with me. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I think that we're getting close to being out of time. So this is really bringing me to the end of part one of The Big Schmear Chicago Cook Extraordinaire with Stephanie Goldfarb. Stephanie is going to be back with me as my guest on part two when we continue our food conversation. We're going to talk about food competitions and her recent trip to Israel. But before we end this podcast, I want you to know that we have two fantastic matzo brai recipes that Stephanie wants to share with you. And so if you write to me at beth at thebigschmear.com to request your copy of the recipe, we will send it out. And also, be sure to subscribe to The Big Schmear so you don't miss any of our podcasts. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also hear my podcast on my website, thebigschmear.com. Schmear is spelled S-C-H-M-E-A-R. Thanks so much for listening to The Big Schmear. Our engineer is Mary Mazurik, and our theme music is performed by Cavatino Duo. This music can be heard on their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to tune into part two with my guest, Stephanie Goldfarb. 